our latest NCAA social series. I'm Andy Katz, pleased to be joined by my good friend and uh, one of the best athletic directors in the country, without question here, Alabama AD, Greg Byrne. And Greg, uh, we have talked over the last year and a half uh, on a variety of subjects. Um, and once the vaccine came into play uh, into the late winter, early spring, uh, obviously on the college campuses, and then officially within the last week, it is now officially approved by the FDA. No more emergency authorization. That is for the Pfizer vaccine. Obviously, Moderna should be forthcoming. Uh, and then we'll see after that Johnson & Johnson. But obviously, Pfizer got first into that process and now has been officially authorized by the FDA, which certainly will make it even easier for mandates, which we'll talk about in a second. But as we speak here, and I know it's a, a moving number, uh, Alabama's athletic department at 92%, roughly around 92% in terms of vaccine. Um, how'd you get there? Well, it, it, we're proud of that number, Andy. And, and uh, first of all, it's good to see you, my friend. And, and, but secondly, we've we, we spent a lot of time and effort and energy by our entire department, by our medical team, putting together strategies to try to block out, you know, the noise, so to speak, and just say, let's get good medical information to our student athletes, to our coaches and our staff. And so early on, we were fortunate. One of our alums actually worked on, uh, I think it was the, the Pfizer vaccine. Uh, she uh, came in here and, and talked to our student athletes about it. Uh, had other doctors as well. We even had a uh, Dr. Katie O'Neill from LSU, uh, who we want to beat in everything that we do. She, uh, she was she's been on the SEC Medical Task Force. She's really been steady Eddie throughout this throughout COVID, and uh, she came in and talked to our student athletes as well. Then our our trainers, our team docs, and one of the things we said, hey, we're doing this. We're trying to lead by example. And so as soon as we were eligible to get vaccines, and that started with me and, and our coaches and everybody else, Coach Saban as well, um, we went and got vaccinated. And we, you know, and I, and I sort of jokingly say this, you know, I haven't grown a third year. I, you know, I haven't had black helicopters over my house. Um, and that's why it was important to, to block out a lot of that noise and just say, what are the facts? And the facts are that it helps reduce the transmission I, we've learned since then that that you still can have the vaccine and, 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 and get COVID. But talking to our local medical officials, 98 to 99 percent of the people who are in the hospital with COVID related issues are unvaccinated. And the, the low percentage that are vaccinated have other very serious uh, uh, pre-existing conditions that they've been dealing with. And so that's the information that we've tried to, to share with our student athletes, with our coaches, our staff, and we have shared it with our fan base because, you know, we, we truly believe that the best way to get back to a normal society is for people to, to get vaccinated. And, uh, and, and we think that has made a positive impact. Uh, there's some that don't agree with it. People have the right to not agree with it, but we do feel strongly about what our position is. And we have tried to efficiently share that uh, with, with the people that we can control, that we can control our message with on a regular basis. And we haven't mandated it. We, we, you, um, if you don't get vaccinated, you're still part of our department. But I think once people have been able to take some time to learn, to research, uh, you know, within our department, we've been very fortunate. They've responded and saying vaccination is the right thing to do. 
Well, and the other thing, Greg, is, you know, you can, some people may say it's punishment or shaming, uh, but there are always still consequences. And if you choose and opt out for whether it's medical reasons or religious reasons, and those exemptions do exist, uh, but that also means you fall into a different category, which is more masking pretty much all the time and more regular testing. Uh, and you have to deal with that. And something we talked about within athletic teams that that be, could become a problem where there were coaches that weren't vaccinated, they're going to be on a different track and be treated differently for health and safety reasons. Um, at the beginning of this process, you had a great advocate in Coach Saban, probably no one better in the state of Alabama, uh, on masking. And, you know, you guys were doing public service announcements because that was the first phase a year ago. Uh, well, I'm just curious, those conversations between the two of you, what were those like to make sure you guys were on the same page? Because when you've got him with you, you've got a tremendous, um, you know, uh, marketeer, if you will, of some something that is, you know, for everyone's best interest. Yeah. So, you know, with Coach Saban, I, I obviously get to work with him and communicate with him on, on a level that most people don't. And he's very smart. He's a great listener. Uh, and so for a while, when a lot of our country was locked down, there were only a couple of us coming to the office and Coach Saban and I were, were two of them. And so we, we would talk and talk about what was going on. And as I was reading medical papers and, and, and trying to get news and information that was just right down the middle, right, that, that didn't have uh, agendas on either side, I started talking to him a little bit about uh, Japan. And I said, hey, in Japan, coach, uh, their economy is mostly open, their public transportation is open, their schools are open. Their, their rate of diabetes isn't as high as it is in our country. Um, but with that, one thing that everybody's doing there is wearing a mask. And so our doctors, our Dr. Rob and a couple other people tied to our department, talked to him about it and the value of it. And so one day he and I were talking, I said, man, uh, if you put something out there, I don't know if it would get a hundred, hundred percent of our state to wear a mask, but I think it would help lay that foundation if those ordinance increase in time. And he's like, yeah, great. So we put together the script and had Big Al, our mascot, and Jeff Allen, our head trainer, who's, who's wonderful, and did it. Did and I said, we'll put you in a really lighthearted approach to it, but it'll send the message. And so he, he pulled it off literally in one take. And it was him walking out of his office with Jeff Allen and Big Al's out in the waiting area uh, without a mask on. And coach gets after him, says, hey, you know, we're wearing masks around here. And just on our platforms, our Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, we had 4 million views. And so that, and it got picked up by almost every major news outlet out there. And it helped lay that foundation to where just a month or two later, masks were mandated in our state. And, and that, and I think that helped lay that foundation to say, Hey man, coach Saban's doing it. I guess I can do it too. Uh, you know, I, I've joked with our department and even with him, so I'm saying my wife, Regina, uh, you know, she thinks I look a lot better with a mask on. So, I mean, I, I don't like wearing a mask. None of us do it. It's not, it's not a fun thing to do, but our whole approach, Andy, from the get-go as a department, and I said this to our student athletes, I said this to our coaches and staff, is we were going to respect the virus. This is very real, all right? We were going to respect one another, and we were going to do everything we could to move forward safely. 
because I did believe that was what we had to do. One thing that didn't get caught, talked about a lot when people were saying lockdown, 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 our mental health issues went through the roof, Andy, with our student athletes. And, and, and I certainly don't know everything from a staff standpoint, um, but that, those were real issues. And so it wasn't, it was, I, I just felt that approach that we took with those three prongs of, of respecting the virus, respecting one another and moving forward as safely as we could. I thought that was the right approach for our athletic department. And we had support from our university and our trustees. And I tell you what, I, I spoke to the Tuscaloosa Rotary the other day. And I said, man, if four years ago, I would have said to, you know, or I would have been told that, you know, I'm gonna have to get up in front of our fan base at some point and say only 20% of you can come to Bryant-Denny Stadium for a football game. I would have said, what's the number for the moving company? I'm not gonna survive this. And our fan base, actually, I was very proud of them. They did a really good job of adjusting and, and we just had our most successful year we've ever had as an athletic department competitively. Our highest finish ever in the Directors' Cup was 14th. And this year we just finished seventh. And, uh, and I think it would a lot, had a lot to do with our ability to, to keep those three things in mind throughout the process. And Coach Saban was a big part of that. So politics aside, okay, let's remove that. Uh, your governor down in Alabama, Kay Ivey, uh, had an event in the past week pushing in college football. I mean, you could argue that's the political issue is people want to watch college football in the state of Alabama. She had all the mascots out there pushing the vaccine uh, to make sure that you can have safe viewing as a fan, as well as, of course, participating, you know, at all the colleges throughout the state of Alabama. What have you seen in terms of the transition, especially with the Delta variant in the state of Alabama, of getting more of a buy-in and leadership now with, you know, someone like the governor, the athletic departments, the coaches, and schools like yours at Alabama? Yeah, so a couple of things. One is, you know, our, our whole approach, especially as a late, is we're going to control what we can control, all right? There's state laws uh, that, we, that we obviously have to follow, whatever the laws are, right? We'll continue to do that. Our hospitals, the issues are are, are like I said, 98% of the people in there are unvaccinated. And so one of the things I've, I've heard firsthand stories about is somebody who has gotten COVID, who has gotten the Delta variant of it and has had complications, that all of a sudden is getting some people to say, maybe I need to look at this differently than I did. Uh, Coach Saban, our department, those are, those are, you know, within Alabama athletics, that's what we can control and that's what we're trying to control and just encourage it and say, here's what we're doing. Let's lead by example. And we certainly don't know directly on the benefit of that. But what we can say is we hope that we're part of the solution to do everything we could can to move forward. So LSU, once FDA approved it, made an announcement, not just for their student body, but to get to Tiger Stadium, uh, you either have to show your vaccine card or negative test. Um, where are you at in terms of getting in uh, to Brian Denny Stadium in Tuscaloosa? Yeah, right Right now, Andy, we're, uh, we have uh, state policies that we have to adhere to and state laws that we have to adhere to. That's what, that's what we're going to do. And so what we, are, what we have been really focused on as much as we possibly can be is putting a positive message out there, encouraging vaccines, leading by example with that. And then at the same time, too, also saying, hey, COVID protocols, as far as if, if you are not, uh, if, if you are having COVID signs, do not come to the games. We, we do not want you there. Uh, you need to stay home and you need to be respectful 
of your health and everybody else's health around you. And that's what we're going to continue to be focused on. So mitigating the spread. A year ago, there was a million things that had to happen costly, whether it was testing, whether it was spacing in the weight room and everything, you know, from plexiglass to signage, all those things that had to transpire for a campus and certainly an athletic department. A year later, as fall sports are all starting here at the end of August, what's it look like on campus? Well, there's still some protocols and we have we have a mask mandate on our campus indoors and so we're, we're adhering to that uh, we there's signs right when you walk in our in our buildings uh, with mask containers right next to it that if you're in this building and you're with somebody else you need to wear a mask uh, I'm in my office by myself right now that's why I'm able to not have one on and and so we're still seeing some of those uh, protocols and practices in place uh, and that that is just reality for right now and and what we're also doing, as if you're not vaccinated, you're on a rest, you're on a regular testing protocol within our department. That will continue, and it may even increase here at some point. Um, because you know, to be honest, we're not we're not saying this to our staff members, but if I or or, or student athletes or coaches, but as you can see where our numbers are, it's not a lot of people left that haven't been vaccinated. Um, you know. I really don't want to have to be here at six o'clock in the morning to get to get tested because I haven't been vaccinated. At some point, I know I know of people in our department that have said I'm going to get vaccinated so I don't have to deal with this anymore. Um, and and the results have been good. So we still have protocols that we're, we're under for everybody. And then if you're not vaccinated, the, pr the protocols are a little stricter. So obviously in the fall, we have outdoor sports, uh, except for volleyball. Uh, that's the first sort of indoor sport that happens in the fall. Uh, and then we've, we've got time, obviously, to see what's going to happen in November when the majority of the indoor sports for the winter start up. What's the protocol for what it'll be like for volleyball? Uh, so we are we still are going to have protocols in place. We're actually finalizing. We've been one of the things we learned last year, Andy, is is the longer we can make wait to make decisions, the better decisions we're going to make. And so um, we, we have protocols in place for our volleyball team that we're just finalizing right now because we have our first home match next week. Uh, we go on the road this week. Um, and so the, the, those will be in place. And I think what will happen from a basketball standpoint and gymnastics and other indoor sports is we need to continue to see how, where our vaccination numbers are, where our hospitalizations are, and what our, our state laws and campus policies are, and then make the best decision that we can when that time comes along. Can't sugarcoat the finances here. Um, obviously, we, we're at a point now where we've got to figure out a way to live with it and go forward. Uh, based on what you guys went through last year, and uh, in the SEC, you were able to do a little bit more than other leagues, uh, but still, you didn't have full capacity, obviously. Uh, you know, how much did that go through in terms of the budget and all that and figuring out how are we going to manage this because we cannot afford to have no fans, no gate receipts, no parking, no concessions, and so on? Yeah, the financial ramifications last year were significant. We, we estimated a $75 million revenue shortfall last year. We, didn't, we did not reach that number, luckily, but we still had a well into eight-figure excuse me, uh, yeah, eight-figure uh, uh, short revenue shortfall. And so 
we ham and egged it together, uh, got some help from uh, a few different buckets to make it happen. And, and we did not cut any sports. So I tell our staff and our coaches that we didn't furlough anybody during that time, but it was a sacrifice from us as a department. That is something that we're cognizant of this year going forward, that uh, we do want to have uh, as normal of operations as we possibly can. Uh, right now, we, we anticipate 100% capacity for our outdoor sports, and, uh, and I, we hope that will continue throughout the fall. Then we're going to have to see where we are for the winter. And, uh, and, but you know, I think the reality of that, I'm very proud of how we use those resources to fund the experience for our student-athletes across the board not only athletically and academically, but socially, uh, from a health standpoint, a mental health standpoint, nutrition, all the different things directly impacting them uh, and their, their experience that they had. And uh, we were very fortunate here at Alabama to, to have things be as normal as possible, but those take very real dollars to do. And, uh, and so if that, were, if that were to continue for multiple years, as far as financial shortfalls, then, then maybe other decisions have to be made. We're trying to avoid that if at all possible. So Greg, you know, this is an interesting quandary, I think for, for coaches and administrators. On one side, you want your student athletes to live a normal college life. Um, on the other, with full student bodies back, uh, it obviously still can of worms in terms of, you can't control everyone and everyone's whereabouts. And, uh, and their socialization. And a lot of times what we were seeing last year was, you know, students were getting COVID not on the field of play or inside, you know, on a court or whatever. It was out and out. Um, so, I mean, how do you even manage that where you want them to be social and enjoy life as a college student on the other side, you know, got to make sure that they're safe. Educate, educate, educate. And, and without being a broken record to where they just tune you out at some point, but also just say you, your actions can absolutely have an impact on the success of you as an individual student and as an athlete and your entire team. Uh, not, we saw that the college world series in baseball this year. Right. And, you know, it would be irresponsible for us. if We didn't share that with our student athletes to say, man, don't let that, don't let you be, don't be the person that causes that for us it's one bad decision away from somebody having uh, a significant impact on our ability to go out and have, have success at our best levels. And so, you know, I know when each of us were 18 to 22, we made very good decisions every single day of our life. Right. Um, but what we try to do is do the very best job we can of encouragement, of education, of, of vaccination, which I'm very proud of where we are with that. And we hope that will give us at least, likely chance of disruption what in what happens this year in every aspect of a student athlete's experience and greg last topic is is the sec uh forfeiture policy which is you know mirrors pretty much um most leagues and everyone's sort of still trickling out with their policy but i mean to paraphrase it's basically like if you cannot participate because of covid uh that's on you now that becomes a forfeit and it, it Changes a little league by league in terms of if both can't, is it a no contest or is it a loss for both? Um, but it, it basically stresses that we're at a point where, as I said earlier, we got to live with it, got to deal with it, and we can't be going through our own form of gymnastics to reschedule everything and just to jam games on various nights and figure it all out. That we got to move forward. 
if you could just pull back the curtain about that policy, uh, how it came to be and how you think it potentially could be applied this fall. Well, I know, I know our policy was out there publicly. Um, it wasn't officially from us yet, and it still isn't to this point. I can tell you it's being finalized. The I's are being dotted, T's are being crossed. But I do think wh whatever the final outcome is for it, we're going to end up having it be under more normal uh, circumstances from a forfeiture standpoint that if you, that if you aren't able to play, um, it's, it's going to be more back to where we were before. So that's all being finalized right now, kind of back to the part where the longer you can wait to make, make critical decisions, the better decisions you're going to make. Uh, but I do anticipate something along the lines of, of what normal operations were from a forfeiture standpoint if you can't play the game. But, but I know other conferences have already announced that, and it doesn't surprise me. I, I, I get the strategy on it, and it's, it's hard to reschedule games. Last year we had that built in, right? This year, we don't have that. We were supposed to play LSU in football, and the game got postponed because of COVID. Well, we ended up playing them later in the year, and, and there's not going to be that same level of flexibility the way the calendar works this year. And, and to that point, just to put a bow on it, um, this aspect of figure it out, move forward, you know, enough is enough, essentially, like you're going to get vaccinated, you're not going to get vaccinated, but if you don't, there's potential for issues. Uh, obviously very serious life and death issues, but in terms of an athletics aspect, we need to move forward if we're going to even have, you know, athletics as we know it. I mean, how much is that sort of the, the philosophy of you and your peers right now? It has to be. It has to be that, you know, this is, we believe in college athletics. I've got the picture behind me built by Bama, uh, highlighting all 21 of our, our sports. And we believe in broad-based programs. Uh, we believe in the experience that they have as student athletes. And, and, it, and I can tell you firsthand knowledge when that gets taken away from the young men and young women in our programs, it's, it's devastating to them. And so we need to do everything we can to continue to give them that opportunity going forward. And COVID is just part of the equation right now. And, and that goes back to where, what I said earlier, respect the virus, respect one another, and do everything we can to move forward safely. And I think that gives us the best formula to, to be as normal and as stable as possible in this very challenging environment for everyone. And, uh, you know, we, and back to it, and I probably didn't say it well enough, you know, talking and educating our student athletes, it's not so much that they are at risk from a major health standpoint of getting COVID, even though you're starting to see younger people be affected by it more. But it's a matter of when you don't know and you have it, and you pass it along to somebody else and the risks that come along with that and, and understanding that you don't want to be that person that does that. You don't want to be that person that has that impact. I, I had COVID last October and I was very careful with it. I got it on a car ride uh, back to the airport in, in a five minute car ride. I took my mask off to drink water and I got it and it kicked my butt for two and a half months. And so I, I, I very much respect what, what this represents and what, and the, the consequences of it. And I think it's just critical that everything we can do to encourage other people to understand that and, and uh, it, 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 it will put us in a better position going forward. Yeah, and as we've said this many times on this program, that nothing is 100%, but what we have seen through the data is getting vaccinated is going to prevent uh, hospitalization or make it very less likely and certainly less likely death. Um, so it does matter. Um, and, you know, we cannot stress enough uh, how critical it is. And now with the official approval uh, by the FDA, I think we're going to see more and more 
uh, schools jump on board. And we've already seen that this past week. Uh, you're doing an outstanding job, Greg. Uh, continue to stay healthy and uh, the best to you and your staff and your family and your program. And hopefully we'll talk soon as University of Alabama gets ready for uh, see if they can have another top 10 finish in the Director's Cup. Appreciate it, Greg. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. Best to you and your family. Roll Tide.